Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Hello, everybody. Revolution Podcast is back in studio. Yep. This is our second take for this episode. I accidentally started recording without doing the countdown. <laughs> we just got just just absolute nothingness. <laughs> so we've had to restart, but we're here now. Quinn, mm-hmm. we've got an episode on knowing God's will for my life, which is a big, deep, important topic that's relevant in a lot of people's lives and minds. And so guess how I want us to start off this episode? How? I want you to tell me on a first date, what are your biggest red flags with a girl? And try to not be offensive while you say it in front of the microphone. Dude. <laughs> Come I want to hear them. Give me, we can go back and forth. You give one, I'll give one. And let's see what we can do here. All right. What's a big red flag? Okay. Well, you also got to think, where, where are you going? Are you, are you going for dinner? Mm, let's, let's start with dinner. Yeah. And then if we okay. think of anything else. You're, you're out for dinner with a girl. Mm-hmm. What are some red flags that might come up on this date? Blind date? Um, whatever you prefer. Okay. I don't know. Is it a red flag if she tries to pay? Uh, I don't think that's a red flag. Okay, okay. I think that shows something. That that shows that, that she's that, nice that's and respectful, true. right? If she mm-hmm. expects you to pay, maybe that's a red flag. It's like, that might oh, be. Maybe a little bit entitled. Maybe just traditional. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you need to know her a little bit. That's true. If it, yeah. if it's like your first time you're meeting her, yeah. Um, then I don't know what to think. Right. Right. Um, I mean. Well, if she doesn't love Jesus, that's just that's just the red mm. flag right there. Then you're just like Very no second good. date. That's thing. good. That's good. That's good. Uh, first, I mean, you should know that before you take her on the date, right? That is true. Oh, mm-hmm. you find out she's a you find out she's a Mormon. Blind date. She told her friend she loves Jesus. You're like, oh, you guys will be great. You go on the date, and she's like, I love Jesus and Joseph Smith too. And it's like, oh no! It's <laughs> at that point you might just like you might just walk out. No, no, no. You have to be polite. I feel just, like you have to be polite. That is true. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. That was that should have been an inside thought. That's all good. Hey, um, sometimes the inside thoughts leak out. Who knows? <laughs> more than just sometimes. More than just... What about you? What, what's a red flag? Um, no offense. Well, okay. No no offense. To, uh, well, I don't know. It's like, okay, I'm going to say, like, she, if she's vegan, right? Like, I just oh, have to say it. I just have to say it, right? Yeah, like, you listen, do. I know you many, do. listen, listen. I know many vegans. They're all... Some of them are lovely people. Are they all the same though? No, no. Some of them are wildly different than others. Mm. Many of them are very nice people. And some of them wouldn't try to force like their dietary choices onto their spouse. However, some would, not just on their spouse, but the entire planet. And Mm. I'm just saying, I do not, I, I could not be married to somebody who like gets angry every time I have a steak. That just That's true. wouldn't work, right? Like she'd be angry at me a lot. And I, I don't want that. <laughs> I don't want that in my relationship, man. I don't know what to th- Like I have meat for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't know what to say. Could you imagine going to like some sort of uh, restaurant or something and she just tries to make you get tofu? Whoa. That sounds terrible. Like, I mean, we work at a restaurant yeah. and you've had times where the parents make their kids order tofu. Oh, it's the saddest thing in the world. And I'm like, oh, my heart breaks these for those parents, children. They're corrupting their kids. Yeah, they get to them so young, man. Oh, dude, it, like seven years old or younger. And they, do you know what's the worst? When they're like, I don't like tofu. And I'm just standing there like, I wish I could save you, Johnny. Johnny, I'm sorry, buddy. If I'm the cook, you just tell me and then I just like throw some chicken in there. You just slip some chicken in there yeah, yeah. and you, you cut it so it looks like the tofu. <laughs> Um, I feel like we could talk about this for a long time, but we could. Uh, what are the red flags? She, she's a Mormon and she's vegan. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, 
<laughs> so terrible. There's some more. Yeah. Oh, there's tons more. But uh, if Mormons or vegans are listening to this, they feel singled out. And I, I apologize for that. What if they're both? A uh, vegan Mormon? <laughs> that sounds terrifying. Uh, okay. I, just, I just think of a dinosaur. A dinosaur? What? Why a dinosaur? It just popped into my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, how do I know God's will for my life? This is a good question. This is a question we've been sent by some of you in our audience. This is a question you guys are asking. And it's a fantastic question. Like we, like, I mean, I ask this question on the daily, right? Like, mm-hmm. God, what do you want me to do today? Um, so... So let's dive into this. How do I know God's will for my life? And I think the best place, Quinn, you can tell me, tell me if you disagree. I think the best place to start this conversation is figuring out what we mean by God's will, right? Because we have scattered ideas and unclear, mushy ideas about what, like, what do we mean when we say God's will? It'll be hard to figure out a good answer to this. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I 100% agree. Awesome. So, feel. I mean, if you read theological stuff they've got lots of different ways of cutting up these ideas of god's will it's actually it's, I, I mean i find it fascinating especially when you learn that and then you go read the bible through again um it's it creates a very interesting framework for understanding how everything plays out but today let, let's just focus on one distinction um so we can get two types of god's will from re- from reading the bible right we can distinguish between two types of will that god can have um there is his hidden will and his revealed will what do you mean by that? Quinn, I don't know. Which one do you want to open to? Deut- Deuteronomy or 2 Timothy? I got the Deuteronomy one. All right. I pulled so up. Quinn is going to read Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, unto us and our ears. Quinn, what version are you reading from? The ESV. not The, the- only true translation. Mm-hmm. If you read anything else, you're reading a false gospel. Am I joking? Probably. I mean, sometimes you quote the CSV, which the is... The CSV is the Chase Standard Version. There's none like it. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay, continue. All right. The verse says, The secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Beautiful. The secret things belong to the Lord, but the revealed things belong to us so that we may do the words of his law. There's one more verse that kind of expands on this idea of God's revealed will. It's 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy 3, 16. Oh yeah, I can read it. Awesome. Okay. Perfect. Let me see here. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So we see the Deuteronomy passage just makes the distinction very clear. There are the secret things of the Lord and the revealed things of the Lord. And why has God revealed some parts of his will? Um, when, when we say will, it's like the things that God wills to happen, right? Like if, if I, you've heard the phrase willpower, right? Like mm-hmm. somebody's trying to, t- like maybe you're um, not drinking coffee and then somebody takes a steamy and hot cup and like waves it under your nose your willpower is a thing that's keeping you from doing it you will not to drink that right your will is this um mechanism that by which you make choices right so god's will or what he wants us to do um, some of those things are secret or hidden and some things are revealed and then the deuteronomy passage also um, makes it clear why god has revealed some things it's so that we may practice those things which he wills us to do clear example of this in the old testament is the ten commandments right like thou shall not murder um and, and on and on the list goes uh, and then second timothy three sixteen expands on that all scripture is breathed out by god for 
forth teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. Again, God has parts of his will that are hidden that we do not know, right? And and we, we all know this. Um, like We might ask ourselves, why does God allow the wars that happen in the world to take place? I don't know. He hasn't told us. Mm-hmm. But that's he, he does have a purpose for it, um, but that's part of his hidden or secret will. Um, but then there are things that he has revealed in his will, right? Like, like um, why did why did God allow Jesus to die on the cross? Well, he's told us why, right? He's revealed that part of his will to us. And then there are other parts of his will that he's revealed to us as well, um, which are like principles. Pray for your enemies, um, care for the sick, care for the poor, um, love the church, be gathered in the community of believers, um, these are things that God wills us to do, and he's revealed it to us. Um, so we see that um, there's, you know, we'll never know God's hidden or secret will until we, and, and I, I would love to hear some of it when we get to heaven, <laughs> figure a few things out. Like, why did my, never mind, I won't make that joke. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be terrible. Oh, okay. I, anyways, um, but, but God has revealed, he has revealed a lot of his will to us, right? Like we, we can know a lot about the revealed will of God just by reading the Bible. Like God's will is for you to live wisely, to go to church, to pray for your enemies, to follow Christ's example of humi- humility, sorry, to be indwelt, empowered, and transformed by the Holy Spirit, and so much more. Like we have our hands full just trying to follow God's revealed will, the, the will that he's revealed to us. However, most people, when they ask the question, how do I know God's will for my life? They want to know God's specific will for themselves in their life. That isn't necessarily written in scripture. Do I be a teacher or a lawyer? Am I called to be to work full-time in ministry or is am I like, like in the church or am I supposed to be a doctor and uh, do ministry and evangelism through that? Like, like what is God's specific will for my life? Something that's unique for you, which is God's will for you and nobody else. Um, and so I, I just like to... I mean, there, there's one caution I'll just put out for this uh, discussion of God's will, Quinn, and then maybe I'll toss this to you for a little bit. Um, but we need to be careful to seek God's will for the sake of his glory and nobody else's, right? It's definitely not our own, right? Like we want to know God's will so that he may be glorified more and more, not so that we can, um, what would you say? like do all the right things so that so that we come out on top like it's good to want to do the right things but it's important to want to do the right things for the right reasons right and so so this pursuit of the will of god should primarily flow from a place of god what what am what can i do today that most glorifies you Mm -hmm. um and so quinn i'll toss it over to you for a little bit there yeah and i think it it definitely comes down to um your motivation in asking the question Mm -hmm. Um, so when you ask this question, how do I know God's will for my life? Are you asking it so that um, so that you know what to do tomorrow or what to do with certain relationships or friendships mm-hmm. or certain jobs, whatever? Yeah. Are you asking it for that? Because if you're like, God, what's, what's your will for my life? I want to know X, Y, and Z. Mm. He's probably not going to give that to you. But it's also like, as soon as you check your, your motivation, be like, oh, this is actually why I want to know this. Mm. It's for myself so that I can do these things and actually not further God's kingdom and live for him. That's when you get into the kind of the, the sticky part of the question where it's like, you're not actually looking at this question from the right angle. Instead, I think you should look at this question and be like, how do I know God's will for my life? Mm -hmm. Well, look at his word. I mean, look at these, 
the verses and the things that Chase talked about yeah. to live in humility, to love others, care for others, yeah. tithe, all these kind of things, do those and God, God's plan will unfold as you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, and yeah, again, it's, you, you don't want to seek God's will um, for the sake of coming out on top. For the mm-hmm. sake of, um, so my life turns out perfect. Um, like, so like sometimes God's will is like for hard, difficult, like yeah. bad things to happen to you. Um, I mean, His will for the apostles was for them to like, like die, like, like brutal deaths, but for the sake of Christ, right? For the sake of the glory of God. Um, I mean, you think of stories of people like. Um, George Mueller, the, the orphanage he ran, the poverty he lived in, that was God's will for his life. That wasn't an easy life, but that was God's will for him. And so if 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 you start from a place of I want to know God's will so that everything goes good for me, that that's not that's not gonna fly. That that, that oftentimes that isn't gonna be God's will for you. Mm-hmm. But if you start from a place of God, show me your will so that I can glorify and enjoy you all the more, um, a lot more things are gonna make sense as your life goes along. Mm-hmm. And there's this, actually, as you were just saying that, I was reminded of a song by a guy named Chris Renzma. And he he says this one line, he says, if you knew the plan, maybe you wouldn't go. Because mm. some of the things God's going to have uh, in for you, not in for you, but like in store for you, mm-hmm. you they're going to be hard things. Yeah, um, You might experience trials and hardships that you're like, man, this wasn't in my plan. But if you knew that, maybe, maybe you would hold back and maybe your life would change. But instead, God has these things set set in in line for you so that through them you can then further your relationship with him grow closer with him because Mm -hmm. god's going to give you things um that through the toughest of times Mm -hmm. he's still going to love you and and hopefully and you're still going to love him absolutely yeah like god like god's like we can just say like from the bible god's will quite generally for his children is that they come into a perfect oneness relationship with him right like like i mean it, it's kind of profound the unity um that god envisions in in amongst his people and from his people to himself right like he wants us to be one the way that like the trinity is one and that that's mind-blowingly mm-hmm. like close this unity that god um wills for us and so you can imagine and and it's and then that that same unity extended to our individual relationships between ourselves and him. So you can imagine that there is a lot that get is, that gets in the way of that. Look at look at the state of the modern church today. Look at look at your own local church. Are you all unified in the way the Trinity is unified? Perfectly one in purpose, mind and intent. Look at the global church. Are we all unified in in a in perfect unity of purpose, mind and intent? Absolutely not, but no. that is what God wills. And so there is a lot that gets in the way of that. And so like I, th- I think it's a bit naive to assume that the way people grow and the way we um, get rid of character flaws and defects and and bitterness and anger and all these tiny little um, almost spiritual malfunctions or spiritual mutations that that um, crop up and wreck the growth of our spirits and our and our and our hearts. Um, like I think it's a bit naive to think those things will just go away if God says, hey, by the way, um, you know, maybe you should work on this. And then he gives you everything you ever dreamed and desired. It's like that's not how people grow. People grow yeah. through hard circumstances. Like I like look I mean I haven't lived that long. And quite mm-hmm. I, maybe you can um echo this, but I like looking back on even my short life, um, the times I have grown the most have been the hardest times in my life. Oh yeah. Um, and, and I'm like, you know, I, I, 
I never enjoyed that. No. But looking back, I'm, I'm immensely grateful for, for even the really horrible things that have happened be- because I wouldn't have the relationship I have with God now if those things hadn't happened. And so, yeah, this again, this all plays into we, we need to frame our minds properly in seeking God's will. Um, but uh, let's let's turn to the Bible because uh, the Bible is is the place of answers. Um, it is what God has given to us. So, and and there are quite a few passages that speak about um, our pursuit of God's will. But there's one in particular we'd like to focus on here. So it's Romans chapter twelve, and I'll just read verse two from that chapter. Paul writes, "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the, the culmination of this chapter, he says, he, this, is what, this is Paul's promise. You will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Awesome. That's the question we're asking. How do I know what God's will is for my life? Okay, now let's unpack a little bit more of what he says. I, I think Paul gives us three really practical steps that we can live with. Um, and the first uh, that we'd like to focus on is this idea of, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does it mean for our minds to be renewed? What does he mean by that? Renewed from what? Um, well, we're born in a naturally sinful state, right? Like every part of us is corrupt. Um, so our minds have to be renewed. They have to be, you could say, reborn, right? That That's why Paul calls us a new creation when we come to Christ. So with this process of um, being renewed and transformed is something the Bible calls sanctification. Um, and so how do, how do we, how are we sanctified then might be a good question. Uh, there's a prayer Jesus prays in John 17, 17. He's, he's praying to the father about his disciples and he says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Quinn, what, what do you think of this idea of like, our minds being like like what's what's the significance of our minds being transformed? Why does God want our minds transformed? And what is the significance of them being transformed by the renewing through the Word of God? Give me a sec. All good. Okay. Our minds must be transformed. Sorry. Um, I think that that means to because, like you said, we're so. Uh, well, we are born into a sinful state. We're born into a sinful world. Mm-hmm. And so to renew your mind or be transformed by the renewing of your mind, as mm-hmm. the verse says, means to uh, change your, sorry, looking for the words. All good. Um, like your thought patterns almost, like the mm-hmm. way you think. Yeah, yeah. Take your thought patterns um, away from that and actually mm-hmm. be like, no, I'm going to actually uh, set my thoughts on on God. Mm-hmm. And so that means... Um, yeah, setting it all on God's will as we've been talking about. Right. And so what that means is as you start to think, no, I want to love others. I want to serve others. I mm-hmm. want to care for them. I want to live by faith and and all these kind of things. Suddenly, as you do that, the renewing of your mind and you've transformed the way you think, yeah. that's going to bleed into your actions. Nice. So so you spoke about like, t- take your thought patterns away from these sinful things and turn it to the things of God. You make that sound like an active process. So mm-hmm. that, that isn't, you're, you're saying that isn't something that just happens magically by itself one day. That's something you need to work towards. We have to actively turn uh, from sinful thought patterns to God-focused thought patterns. And that isn't something that just magically happens overnight. Mm-hmm. Is that though, is that something that um, do you think if we worked actively on it, um, does that 
come to be our automatic thought process. Like it might be hard work up front and, and maybe for a long time, but um, over time, and maybe you've noticed this in yourself, do you find that more and more um, you, you just think in terms of God's will and you think in terms of God's kingdom and, and what he would want? Have you noticed that in yourself at all? Or how is, how, like, what's mm-hmm. your journey been like with like the renewing of your mind? Yeah, I think it, it's definitely like a, I would say, first off, you can't do this. Like, yes, it's an active process and something that you have to work on. But I think if you keep trying to do it by yourself, be like, I'm going to turn away from this, uh, turn away from my sinful thought patterns and think straight to God's um, plan, his will and how mm-hmm. he wants me to live. I think you you also need to to pray that as well. Mm-hmm. You need you need to say, Lord, I'm, I'm stuck in this sin pattern and this thought process, yeah. whatever, help me with this. Yeah. And um, in my life, God has been very... Um, gracious and he's like yeah we're gonna work on this yeah and so he's like we're gonna work on this and then he he helps me and reminds me but i think um as i keep going and as i um try and live my life that is for god's will um sometimes there's definitely this thought of like i should go back to this because it's easier Mm. um that there's always i would say that thought and this kind of like echoing like you should do this um it's easier to to sin or think this and and so i would say that is a lot of the time present. Sometimes it's not mm-hmm. always there, but sometimes it is. Yeah. And that's when you need to 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 pray and be like, Lord, I actually want to live for you. Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm gonna give in to this. Help me now. Hmm. That's good. And have you so ha- for yourself, having prayed that prayer, have you has God helped you in those moments? Like oh. actively, tangibly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what like and like does does he just give you does he like change your mind does he give you this new psychological sense or does he use people to help you like like when you say god has helped you Mm -hmm. um what like what are some ways that that he helps you in those moments yeah i think um some sometimes it's he just takes the thought away Mm. um but sometimes he's like we're gonna work through this and what that means for me is i have to i have to actively try and push that out okay yeah and then as i start to push it out God helps me along the way right. and he he can take that out yeah. or take that sin pattern out. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this, we've got three, three practical steps within this um, Romans passage. And I think the first one we can say is the renewing of the mind, right? We, we need to, if we want to know God's will, if you want to know God's will for your life, you, you need to think like him, right? Um, you need to see things the way he sees things. And so maybe what we've unpacked here is that through reading the Bible. So you'd say maybe um, the two base ingredients for this is reading the scriptures and prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, being yeah. Because that's how you speak to God, right? Like God's voice is the scriptures and, and you talk with him actively through prayer. And mm-hmm. um, those things, would you say they go together? Yeah. Um, you can't you can't divide scripture reading and prayer. They're, they're almost like two sides of the same activity, which is communing with God. Mm-hmm. And then in that, you're saying, Quinn, that, that we need to take those sinful thought patterns that are very natural to us towards temptation. What you, and you, you said something interesting. You said it's it, it, it's easier to do these sinful mm-hmm. things, but we need to actively resist that call. And you said in those moments you pray uh, and God comes to you in in the hard times. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. You, you God didn't just come. You had to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. God wants us to be active in this relationship, right? Like when we say, what if we're pursuing God's will, we actually need to, maybe maybe this is the, a good takeaway from this first step, renewing your mind. You need to be active, right? You need to be working towards this. You, you mm-hmm. can't just expect God to make everything happen. If, if you want to know God's will, if you want to fight temptation, if you want to be in communion with the creator of the universe, 
you need to get off your butt and do something, mm -hmm. right? Um, and and I like how you brought this into the fighting the temptation of sin. Um, if you just lay there and like, you know, just like, I'm not gonna sin, I'm not gonna sin, I'm not gonna sin, that's not it, right? Or just expect yeah. God to do something. You, you need to, like, it becomes a conversation with God. And I like what you said, sometimes he'll take the temptation away. And sometimes he'll say, let's work through this together. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe we can see a reflection of that in this conversation around God's will. Because sometimes he'll be like, this is what you need to do. And sometimes he'll say, keep keep moving forward, keep living, and let's work through this together. But it starts from a place of seeing the world the way God does, um, renewing your mind to be more Christ-like, and so that you be, you come to desire the things of God. That'd be your first step, the renewing of your mind. Your mind must be transformed. Okay, second step, uh, a negative command. We must not conform to this world. Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. What, what, what do you mean? What do you think Paul means by that idea of not conforming to the world? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, we, we partially, I think, looked at this in our second episode mm. um, on how to succeed. But I think part of that means um, just living up in, in sin, what we would call sin, which is um, against God's will, yeah. um, which is hate. I mean, I, I don't have the list on me from Galatians or no, that's all right. First Corinthians or anywhere. Yeah. Um, but just living in anger, hate, um, pride yeah. in um anger in, in all of these actions that actually lead you further away from God because mm -hmm. they're the opposite of God. Mm -hmm. Um do not conform to those means don't don't seek those out. Right. Don't try and live so that you're you're trying to displease God, mm. right? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a, a rule in my life when I, I went to private school, private yeah. Christian school, yeah. and then I switched to public school and I had these rules. I was like, I had that verse in my mind. I was like, do not uh, conform to the patterns of this world, but be mm. transformed by the renewal of your mind. I was yeah. like, I'm not gonna do all of these worldly things. I'm not gonna start smoking, smart, start drinking, gonna start um, partying, having sex, all these kind of things. Those were things that I was like, I'm not gonna do because that's actually not what I read in the Bible that God wants me to do. Sure. And those that was a hard set rule for me. Right. Because I actually, I as I went through the two years that I was there, mm -hmm. I saw how many kids did that and yeah. the life that they lived. And it wasn't wasn't what I wanted because I didn't I didn't see that as value. Right. So interesting, Paul, and there's this interesting phrase that he uses, the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. A pattern is something that's regular, right? Like circle, square, circle, square, circle, square. Like it, it happens again and again and again. So if Paul's telling us to stay away from the pattern of this world, to me, that maybe hints that the things that come easily in the world, the things that are natural to most people are are things that are against the things of God. And you you, list, you gave a good list there of things that are, you know, especially in our generation, I'd see, I'd, I'd say, I'd see among our peers, a lot of those things just as normal. Mm -hmm. um, but there's another interesting passage in Romans that, that says, um, nobody seeks the things of God. Every, like, and again, yeah. I'm Chase Standard Version, but like everybody hates God. No man um, looks for God. Everybody hates God by themselves. And so, Maybe and you know that's I mean that can lead to a whole conversation by itself, right? But um, 
man, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Maybe we need to be a little bit more suspicious about the things that feel natural and enjoyable mm-hmm. to us, right? Like, like I'm not saying like forsake all pleasures because that's not in the Bible either. God wants us to enjoy living, but I think he wants us to enjoy the right things. And so, I mean, I would challenge people because I've I know I've had to do this myself and I continually have to do this myself. Um, and again, Paul speaks here like, be transformed, like that phrase, he, he's saying be continually transformed, right? Like this isn't a one and done sort of thing. Um, but in and not conforming to the pattern of this world, if the pattern is the things that are easy and natural and regular for the world at large, but the world at large is against the things of God and nobody seeks God and people hate the things of God, um, for myself, that that's meant like, taking a like like looking again like what do i value what do i aim for what do i enjoy um where where are my desires at um am i truly seeking the upside down kingdom of the lord am i seeking humility over fame am i am i seeking to give rather than to receive all those mm-hmm. all those sorts of things so i think it'd be worth like like do how do i know god's will for my life um look at the things around you, the things you value, the things that you desire, um, what you're aiming at and ask, does this align? And like, exactly like you said, Quinn, does this align with the vision God paints in scripture? Um, and I think that can just by the power of contrast, like this is what the world values. This is what God values. The contrast Mm -hmm. between those two things can be so large. Um, maybe that can give us a better idea of what God's will is. Um, so what would we call the second step? Um, not conforming to the world right? So we, we're of the three steps we've got from this passage in Romans, we've got two so far. The first one is that is to transform your mind to, or to renew your mind. Step two is to not conform to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, then step three comes near the end here. Paul says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So this final act of ours is that we must test God's will. What do we mean by that? Are we supposed to test God, question him at every turn? Uh, Jesus, didn't he say to Satan that like, you shall not test the Lord your God when Satan said, like Jesus tossed yourself off the temple, won't the angels catch you? Jesus was like, oh, you're not supposed to test God. So, so what are we saying here? What's Paul saying here? They're supposed to test God. I'll just say a few, few uh, quick thoughts and then maybe you can respond, Quinn. My understanding of test from studying um, this passage in Romans is that to test the will of God in the sense that Paul means is to live and to live by faith. Um, We're supposed to live by faith informed by the principles of God's revealed will. Jesus says, pray for your enemies, do good to those who hurt you. Um, And so I now live by those principles. And so if there's people who have hurt me very, very badly and people who I like, by my like i do hate them and i want to keep hating them because it feels kind of good to hate them um maybe to live by faith in this situation means to give up that desire to hate and kind of the good feeling it gives me and say okay but god wants me to love this person instead and just right there now now i've got this now i've got this decision point right just by living and and studying the word of god and taking the prior steps in in this passage in romans the first two steps now we come to the third which is the test and to test means to live now i've lived and i come to the decision point i'm like okay do i love this person or do i hate them God, what's your will for me in this? And then because of the first two steps and because I'm living and I'm making these decisions and, and I'm, I'm weighing things in my mind, I see God's will for me is to love this person who has hurt me very, very badly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that that the, again, this that's just one example, but that covers um, quite a lot of your life, right? To test the will of God means to live by faith in his principles and trust that he will guide you, right? There's this passage in James that says, um, the one who asks for wisdom will be given it. So as you live, and like you said, Quinn, live in prayer, um, you know, God's not always gonna like hit us with a lightning bolt and say, well, you better do this instead of this. You better be a teacher instead of a lawyer. Sometimes he will, right? Like you said, Quinn, sometimes he'll just take away the temptation, but sometimes he says, let's work through this together. Sometimes he'll be like, you're gonna go down this path and no other, and you, you are definitely going down there, like Jonah, right? Like mm-hmm. God was getting him to Nineveh. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, like God's gonna let us wander. Sometimes God's gonna say, hey, let's work through this together. Look at what I've told you in my word. Don't just make a decision and and don't don't be so worried that you're going to mess things up. Trust me. I've got this. Like I like maybe maybe for me anyways, it's a little bit of a pride thing sometimes. I'm not big enough to mess up God's plans for the world. Yeah. You are not big enough to mess up God's plans for the world. So live in prayer, live by faith, live according to the Bible. And yes, when you come to a difficult decision, pray, ask for wisdom, discern. But if there's no clear forthcoming answer, trust in the character of God and just live. And in that way, you'll be able to test and approve God's perfect pleasing and goodwill. What do you think of that, Quinn? Yeah, I think I think you hit it on the spot when you said to live by faith. So um, because, I mean, I think that's how do I know God's will for my life? It's to to do these things that he says in the Bible, um, which we've listed off a number of times. Um, but above that, it also means when, when you want to know God's specific will, mm. um, we're not going to know that. But what we do know is that we're to still live for God. And when we live for God, that means to also live by faith. Yeah. Um, we don't always need to see the next step yeah. to take it in, in the walk with God. That's good. Um, yeah. And as we as we try and do these things, it's also, you got to remember, where is my, where's my mindset? Is my mindset still on God? Is it still on glorifying him or is it, how do I, is it, am I trying to glorify myself through this, even though I'm doing these good things? Right. Because you can do those good things with the wrong motivation and, and do love others, care for others, serve Mm -hmm. them all in pride. And it's actually all for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think, like this idea of, um, living according to the will of God, living by faith. Um, Like sometimes in my life anyways, like there have been, there have been times when God makes things very, very clear, like go do this. Um, And I I didn't see that coming, right? Like some stuff has hit me out of nowhere, like a truck, Um, but you're supposed to follow those things anyways. Um, Yeah. I mean, like you're going away to Cape and Ray, uh, soon here. Um, and I know you, you've got like, you, I mean, you've got plans for you, like obviously next few months is gonna be caping Ray, but I know you've got some plans after that, but maybe in your own life and also maybe looking forward to the future as well. How do you, how have you lived by this principle of seeking God's will and how do you plan to live by it in the future? Oh man, that's a big one. Um, yeah. So, uh, oh boy. Give me a sec. Yeah, so I guess I'll start off with um, going away. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to Austria for Cape and Ray um, in September. I don't know when this is coming out. No, you're good. Uh, Okay. I mean, you might be gone at this point. (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. They were, were pre. Uh, oh, newsflash! We were pre-recording a couple episodes. A couple. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're pre-recording a bunch of stuff before, before Quinn leaves for Austria, and so I think this is one of this is gonna be like the first week of September. This episode. Okay. So I'll still be home. So you'll still be home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I'm I'm going away to Cape and Ray, um, doing a Bible program there for three months, and yeah, I've definitely got plans for my life. Um, once I come back, I mean, yeah. um, but I was, I mean, as I was talking, um, with someone, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna come back, do get this job, um, work all year, and then. Mm-hmm go to university and get my teaching degree. Right, at this thing. school, get this degree. Very mm-hmm. specific kind of plans, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was like, man, this is this is my plan. And he yeah. was like, dude, I love it. Yeah. He's also said, but don't make your life so planned out and so set in stone that you're just like, when God comes around and says, hey, I want you to do this, mm. that you just say, nope, I got it all figured out. Right. Um, and, and that actually hit me real hard on the head because I was like, for a second, my pride kicked in. I was like, "How dare you tell me that? I've got, I've got the next year and a half, five a years planned plan, out." Baby. Um, but then, pretty sure I left the call. And mm. as usual with this guy, I, I thought about what he said, and I was like, "He's actually right." Yeah. Because I think so often we we want to plan our lives according to what we want, mm. and we we try and play the long game. We're like, "I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this, and my life is going to end up like this." Mm. Um, but so often. God's plan is different. Right. I mean, I, I've seen that in over the past two months. Yeah. Um, and God's actually like, no, I want you to do this. Right. And if, if you're so set in your own plans and you're so set in playing your long game, yeah. then you're actually going to miss out on so many amazing opportunities and things that God's going to want to do in your life now mm. and in the future. Mm. That That's kind of my thoughts. That's good. Yeah. Um, man, reflecting for myself, I, oh, what, what month is it right now? August? Last August, um, actually right around this time, life was pretty hectic. A lot yep. was happening at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been a believer for March, April, May, June, July, like half a year, six months at that point. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot going on. And I, I'd, I'd graduated high school and I was going into this gap year. Where I was just planning to work a lot. Um, a lot of things had changed at the time, but I was mm-hmm. going into it. And I, my, 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 again, I had a long-term plan. I, you talk to any, like- I remember this plan. Right? Everybody I talked to back then, like if they asked, it would all come out. And I like very, very specific. I remember. Yeah. The next seven years were the, planned out. Exactly. And um and I want, so I wanted to be a lawyer and I knew exactly what school I was going to go to and I knew what I was going to major and minor in and then I knew what law school I was going to go to and I, I knew like, like I knew the test I would have to take to get into law school and I knew exactly when in my undergrad, you, like undergrad schooling, I'd have to start studying for the test and I knew oh, wow. like, I, mean, I knew like this is like this and this and this would be the best times to get married. So I'll try to aim stuff for around there and like, this is the best time if I had to move away, this would be the best time to move away. So I'll save stuff around like the but like you know very very detailed stuff and so then i'm going to this gap year in september and i'm working a lot at the job uh, i had at the time like uh, like and oh man yeah and so so yeah sorry anyways working full time um doing a lot of things we had our band up and running at the time Mm -hmm. uh had a few different projects going on and i was a youth leader at our youth group which is very very good for me um and for everybody if you're going to a church with a youth program go volunteer at it right now Mm -hmm. and thank you youth pastor for everything he does um or she does um (laughs) 
<laughs> you liked that, didn't you? <laughs> Just out of left field, I was like, I wasn't ready for that. You thought that was funny. Anyway, so so I'm volunteering at this, and um, our youth program over the like over the last few months before then had taken a bit of a hit staff wise, mm -hmm. um, and so they're a bit understaffed, and so you know, kind of the fall goes by, very very busy. And then our youth pastor asked me to take up a part-time job with him there. Um, and I thought, like, I was thought, you know, whatever, like, this will be nice. This is nice. Instead of working 40 hours a week, I'll be able to work 60 hours a week. Um, and it'll be nice to, you know, like being around church a little bit more isn't a bad thing. And I'm already volunteering as a youth leader. So, you know, it all works out very well. And I, I just, I honestly thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. Um, and then over the course of kind of the next six months after that, God, through a, you know, kind of long process of me being stubborn and him speaking to me through about a dozen different people and like hitting me again and again and again, um, like it changed, like completely changed my mind. And I mean, yeah, like God sometimes will give you psychological certainty to make decisions. Sometimes he'll speak to you through a trusted person. For me, he had to speak to me through a lot of people because I don't trust very many people. Um, and I, I was given, so maybe I can break it down a little bit more. I was given teaching opportunities at this youth group. So, so I was able to preach to our youth students a number of times. I was mm -hmm. able to lead a small group. I was able to do some writing projects for the church. I was able to interact with the church staff. Um, I was able to have like powerful conversations um, with people feeding into me, but then conversations with our youth students where I got to feed into them and pray for them. And I experienced the power of prayer. Like, like oh, it was it was amazing um and and i was taught so much more about what it means to praise god and worship god and live for god and through all this i remember waking up i i you know people you know, and when you're when you're working at a church and you're a young guy everybody's asked like so you're gonna be a pastor and i was like no of course that, like, i'm gonna be a lawyer every like everybody in that church knew i was gonna be a lawyer by the end um and then i remember waking up one day and i i don't know how it happened but i just like I, I, whatever, I was thinking about my future career plans. And then just the thought of being a lawyer was really, really detestable to me. And I, I thought about like spending so many years of my life getting schooling for that. Then like the next 20, 30, 40 years in a career as a lawyer. And just like my one thought was what a waste of time that would be. I'm not trying to say anything against lawyers. Like God will call mm -hmm. people to that. It's a very useful, helpful, very, very good, difficult job. But that was like a profound moment for me where I realized through all these many, many influences and some like sub like me not even realizing it was happening, God was in fact transforming, renewing my mind so that I no longer desired this one thing, but this other thing. It didn't happen with the thunderclap. It happened gradually in a lot of different ways, but he did change my mind. Um, and in that, I was reading the Bible a lot. I was praying a lot. I was living inside the church. I was receiving mentorship from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it took the combined force of all those things for God to mold my mind into what he wanted me to see. And I came to see that like, like for myself, the best thing I could do for my life was to lay it at the cross and become a shepherd of God's people and to be a pastor and to teach people about the word of God and, and to be able to be available any time of day to pray over people and like stuff like that, right? And so, so, so now I can, I can say confidently, like in, in a very general sense, I know God's will for my life in at least one facet. He wants me to be a pastor. Do I know exactly what that means? No. Do I know what's going to happen day by day working that job? Absolutely not. But God, first of all, like 
by renewing my mind, he was able to show me that by me, by, by him teaching me not to conform to the pattern of the world. A big part of the reason I wanted to be a lawyer was, first of all, I like people thinking I'm smart. So I wanted that. I wanted to be able to go to school for that long. And like the, like all the money that can come from being like, I didn't want to be a poor lawyer. Um, and so, but God taught me like how, useless that would be in the long run, right? And he taught me um, how much, how amazing it would be to spend all day leading his people closer to him. Um, so he he showed me how to renew my mind. He showed me how to not conform. And then I just, and then I had to live, right? And again, that's that gradual process. I lived in his people. Um, I lived in his word. I lived in prayer. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying I lived a, like a perfect life by any means, but, but God used so many things over the course of the last year to transform and renew my mind so that mm -hmm. even in this one way, how do I know God's will for my life? My mind was transformed. I did not conform and I tested by living by faith. Um, and now I can say confidently, at least in a general sense, that I do know God's will for my life. And again, like I said at the beginning, this is a daily question for me. And these steps are steps I try to take every single day. Um, but I, ha I can say very, very happily that by taking them, by following his word, by being in communion with God, he has, like I, I, can, like, I can very happily say, I, I have been able to confidently know his will for me in many, many situations that if I hadn't followed these three steps would have just left me breathless, confused, shaken, and broken in some cases. Yeah. What, are your, what, what, do you, what do you think about that? I mean, 100%. And I, I, I remember this conversation that we had um, a while ago, I think mm -hmm. it was February. Mm -hmm. um, you had just gotten back from a trip. And that's right. Yeah. We had gone for coffee and I, I, I popped you a question. Mm. Um, and I remember your answer. I like when you, I, li I like when you pop me questions. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, are you going to, do you think you're still going to be a lawyer or have you thought about being a pastor? That's right. I just got back from a missions trip to the Arctic. Yeah. yeah. And I, you're like, oh man. It was a, it was probably the most interesting conversation we've had, like the whole two hours or however long it was. Good. Um, and you're like, oh man, I don't even know. Mm. And and I remember looking uh, at you right in the thick of things, yeah. and I was like, that man is not going to be a lawyer anymore. Mm. And because, I mean, I had known Chase again, not very long, but I remember him when he, when uh, I did a Bible study at school and Chase, when he started coming to that, yeah. um, there was this, this love for, for the word of God. Mm. And I remember seeing those kind of, that steps um, towards that. And it was just, he jumped in and he was ready to go. He, mm. he loved the word of God right from the moment when um, he said yes to God. And so I, I, I remember that. And it's, it's been a process for you of like, hey, what's God's will for, for me? But I would say, um, again, kind of echoing what you said at the end there um, and, and kind of, in a sense, you, like we've said, it's you're not always going to know the exact will at the exact time. Yeah. All these kind of things, which you've said, um, because that's just not how God works. Yeah. Um, but what we do know is how to live, mm. and how to live is by in constant prayer, yeah. by reading His Word, yeah. and and through that, He's going. He's going to reveal that. It's so good. Yeah. yeah.
Awesome. Okay, let's do a, maybe a quick episode of recap. First of all, red flags on a date, vegan Mormons. Uh, <laughs> next, how do I know God's will for my life? Um, we made the distinction between the hidden and revealed will of God. Um, so we're looking at his revealed will. Uh, and there is a lot to keep up with his revealed will. There is a lot of things that I fail at every single day that he is teaching me more and more how to fulfill. Um, but very specifically, um, you know, how, how do we, like, how do we practically know God's will for me in my daily life? How does he teach me how to apply it? First of all, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people I think nowadays are confused about exactly who the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Everything we've talked about in here, huge part of the Holy Spirit's ministry. Um, but we turn to Romans 12, uh, and we didn't even get to a little expose on verse one, but read verse one as well on the concept of being a living sacrifice for God. Um, massively important in this conversation too. Um, but specifically verse two gives us three steps. First, our minds must be renewed or transformed. We are sanctified in the truth and God's words, truth. We're sanctified through the Bible. We're sanctified through prayer. We're sanctified through walking with God through difficult things. Second step, we do not conform to the world. So we look at the pattern of the world and we say the world hates the things of God. And so we cannot love the things of this mm -hmm. world. And we're very careful and discerning about that. And then finally, we test, that is we live, we live by faith, informed by the principles of God's revealed will. And then you will come to discern God's will for your life to each according to his measure of faith. Will it be given? Ask and you will, you will receive. Uh, seeking you will find a knock and the door will be opened. God, our father knows how to give good gifts. I mean, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like we're supposed to pray every time we pray, we are supposed to pray for God's will to be done. We're supposed to pray for him to teach us how to live out that will. James says like, when you ask for wisdom, it will be given to you. So let's make, let's, let's live prayerfully. How do I know God's will for my mm -hmm. life? Quinn, how would you very, very shortly answer our episode title question? How do I know God's will for my life? Yeah. Uh, how do I know God's will for my life? That's, um, you, you know, his will by reading his word. Mm. Um, you know what God wants for you by looking at the text, um, reading the old and the new Testament. And you also know God's will, um, sometimes very specifically, but sometimes mm. also more generally that's by good. living in prayer as well. Mm, that's good. Um, my short answer, how do I know God's will for my life? You know, God's will by knowing who he is, mm -hmm. um, as you come to know and understand and love God, you will come to know and understand and love his will as well. Um, so I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, man, whatever you guys are listening on, uh, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts, just really encourage you to follow the show, leave a review. It's a small, easy way to help us out, but it goes so, so much further than you think. Check us out on Instagram at revolution pod for updates and extra resources and, uh, tune into next week's episode too. Uh, and if this episode was helpful to you at all, please recommend it to a friend, send it to a friend. We want to get the word about this podcast because this is a ministry we believe God is leading us into. So thank you guys for supporting us and listening and we will see you next week see ya